It's Tuesday, July the 21st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, a vaccine trial brings hope and an EU summit concludes. First, the world in brief. A coronavirus vaccine developed by the University of Oxford and AstraZeneca, a pharmaceutical firm, was shown to trigger a strong immune response, both antibody and T-cell, and appears safe. The promising results of the early trial involving 1,077 people were published in The Lancet, a medical journal. The British government has already ordered 100 million doses of the vaccine called AZD1222. The Lancet also published a report about a promising candidate vaccine from China, which, like the Oxford vaccine, appears both safe and effective at stimulating an immune response. The European Union reached agreement on a coronavirus recovery package after five days of ill-tempered talks. Four so-called frugal countries had dug in their heels on the amount of borrowing needed and how to disperse the money. Reports suggest just over half of the 750 billion euro, 859 billion dollar stimulus is now to be given as grants, significantly less than first proposed. The rest is to be lent. Ant Group, the payments arm of Alibaba, announced plans to list on both Shanghai's Star Market and the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Notably, amid Sino-American trade tensions, it bypassed New York. The long-awaited IPO could be one of the biggest this year. After raising capital in 2018, the company, which operates Alipay, a popular mobile payment service, was valued at $150 billion. Chevron agreed to merge with Noble Energy, an exploration firm, in an all-share deal worth $13 billion. It will inherit Noble's $8 billion of debts. It is the first big deal in the sector to be announced since the pandemic caused a collapse in oil prices. Chevron hopes the merger will strengthen its position in international gas and American shale. Renault reported a fall of 35% in the number of vehicles it sold in the first half of 2020, compared with a year earlier, as COVID-19 lockdowns took their toll. However, the French carmaker reported a strong rebound in June. It also said that sales of its all-electric car, the Zoe, rose by 38%, making it a best-seller in Europe. President Donald Trump threatened to send federal agents into more American cities to restore, he said, law and order. Federal officers have recently been patrolling Portland, Oregon, dressed in fatigues and firing tear gas at protesters. Chicago could be next. The president also has Detroit, New York and Philadelphia in his sights. All, he noted, are run by Democratic mayors. Preliminary data released by the Mexican government showed that there were 17,439 murders in the first six months of this year, a record high, though the rate eased in the past three months. That included a sharp increase in murders of women. Mexico's president, Andres Manuel López Obrador, promised to reduce homicides after taking office in December 2018. And editor's note. In some editions of Monday's Espresso, we incorrectly referred to the Hope spacecraft landing on Mars. As we wrote last week, it will only orbit the planet. Apologies. And now, here's today's agenda. Right behind Joe, Donald Trump's campaign. 
Donald Trump holds his first virtual fundraiser today as donors' enthusiasm for Joe Biden has steadily whittled away the president's cash advantage. Mr. Trump's campaign and affiliates ended June with $295 million in hand. But having outraised the president for two months, Mr. Biden now has $242 million. Mr. Trump's campaign has been chaotic. He recently named Bill Stepien, a quiet, data-driven political operative, as his campaign manager, replacing the flamboyant Brad Parscale. Whatever Mr. Parscale was doing, it seems it was not working. Mr. Trump trails Mr. Biden in national polls, often by double digits. The same is true in numerous battleground states, and Mr. Biden is in striking distance in such traditional Republican strongholds as Georgia and Texas. He is performing well among older voters whom no Democrat has won since 2000. Mr. Trump has time to turn things around, but not much. Election Day is just 15 weeks away. What goes down? Hong Kong's COVID-19 spike. Hong Kong's long fight against COVID-19 had been an enviable success. Mask wearing, early hospitalization of cases and isolating both international arrivals and those who came into contact with the infected kept numbers under control without lockdowns. But now the city faces a third wave of infections. Daily confirmed local cases rose from near zero in June to 66 on Monday. This time the median age is higher, which is likely to push up the death rate. Schools, government offices and public services have been closed again. The spike's cause is unclear. Some experts reckon that the public relaxed after previous restrictions were eased or that travellers exempted from quarantine are to blame. Other explanations are more political. The pro-government camp blames a protest and unauthorised pro-democracy primary elections for bringing people onto the streets. The opposition thinks officials were distracted by implementing new national security laws. Whatever the cause, the result is bad for everyone. Lighters out, Philip Morris International. The cigarette-making giant, which reports second-quarter earnings today, knows its flagship product is in trouble. Global consumption of cigarettes has stagnated in the past decade. The company's shares have lagged far behind the broader stock market. Philip Morris laid out a survival plan in 2016, focused on encouraging 40 million customers to switch to its growing array of smokeless products. That goal drew closer into view earlier this month when America's Food and Drug Administration approved the company's marketing claim that its first e-cigarette product, ICOS, introduced last year, is less risky than smoking. ICOS heats rather than burns tobacco, unlike Juul's popular e-cigarette which runs on liquefied tobacco. Philip Morris is seeking to dethrone Juul, which enjoyed 75% of the e-cigarette market in 2019. There may be an opening. A crackdown by health regulators and legal battles over marketing to young people have weakened Juul. But despite the FDA's recent approval, questions remain about how healthy ICOS is. Not for the faint-hearted, Indians trek to Amarnath. Some seek salvation, others go for the sheer adventure. Pilgrims are hoping to get the green light today to start slogging through icy squelching bogs and up pebble-strewn tracks to Amarnath, an ancient cave temple in Indian-controlled Kashmir, to see an ice stalagmite revered as a symbol of Shiva, a Hindu god. 
The trek can be perilous. A snowstorm in 1996 triggered a stampede, killing 250, and last year it was cancelled abruptly on flimsy evidence of a terrorist threat. Days later, India's government revoked the special status of its only Muslim-majority state. Kashmiris have been living in one form of lockdown or another since last August. And now some 14,000 Kashmiris have COVID-19, stretching the healthcare system. Only 500 pilgrims are to be allowed each day. Even last year's average exceeded 6,500. Those who think better of it can just stay home. For the first time, priests in face masks will perform rituals live on national television. Taking to flight, African Airlines. The skies above West Africa will be dotted with planes again today as airspace reopens. But COVID-19 has left many African carriers in deep trouble. In April, the International Air Transport Association warned that 3.1 million aviation-linked jobs on the continent could go, half of the total. Many big African airlines were struggling before the pandemic. South African Airways has not been profitable since 2011. It filed for bankruptcy protection in December, and the South African government appears set to bail it out. Kenya Airways is cutting jobs while lawmakers debate a nationalisation plan. Some, however, have been consistently making money. Ethiopian Airlines says it is in profit so far this year, thanks to repatriation and cargo flights. Though airlines may celebrate the reopening of the skies, health authorities worry about the spread of COVID-19. Cases continue to rise across the continent. It remains to be seen how keen travellers are to cram into planes. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Alexander the Great, who was born in July 356 BC. There is nothing impossible to him who will try. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.